2: Here's your host, John Chapman.
1: What is up, faithful? This is such a big game this week. Now, does this Cowboys game carry with it extra weight for yours truly? You bet your rear end it does. Does this have playoff implications for us? It does not. Does it have draft implications for us? It does. But all of those things, they take a back seat this week. Because when the 49ers, in the Dallas Cowboys play, things are different. This is a one of the weird rivalry games that exist that is inter kind of division. It's, 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 it's the same NFC conference, but it's not the same division. But it matters. It matters to both teams, so damn much. I hate the Cowboys <laughs> more than anything. And I kind of want to start this week off. I've shared this story in the past, but again, people ask me, how is it?" That you are a Texas, born and raised, Dallas-Fort Worth. Is, is, that's me. You know, I've lived on Fort Worth, Dallas side, born in Irving, all these different places. Why are you a 49ers fan? Let me say this. When I was nine years old, um, I had a stepdad. I couldn't stand him. I had a lot of stepdads. But uh, this one, in particularly, I really did not like. Um, and I warmed up a little bit down the line. He was a huge Cowboys fan. I couldn't stand him. Um, Sundays in our family were filled with cuss words and fighting over football. It's just what it was, you know, brothers, sisters, stepdads. It, it was, it was a circus and I loved it. I was raised in chaos. I freaking loved it. But what I wanted to do is piss this man off more than anything. A nine year old pissed off little fat John Chapman. <laughs> All I wanted. He hated the 49ers more than anything. Again, you know, I was born in 82. So this would have been 91, I guess. Um, and I figured the best way I could get at this guy was to force him (laughs) to buy me for my birthday Jerry Rice jersey, and it was awesome. He refused. Uh, He's like, hell no, I will not spend that money on that team. I refuse to. So I did what little conniving nine-year-old Chapman did. Uh, I went and cried to my mom. "Uh, Why won't he do this? It's just, it's my favorite team. This is important to me, whatever else. She forces him to buy me the jersey, and I have the worst evil grin in the world. Uh, My 10th birthday, I receive a Jerry Rice 49ers jersey. He bought me a cheap one, but that's okay. He's a cheap dude. I still have this jersey to this day. And that is where my fandom belonged, and it was seated in hate and despise of this damn Cowboys franchise, which, again, growing up and living there my almost my entire life, I live in California now. But I hate them. <laughs> and I think a lot of listeners could kind of take that. My prized possession to this day is this cheap jersey that I got whenever I was 10 years old for my birthday. It's the first thing I see in my closet every single day. Every single day, I still have it. I should have brought it in here. Dang it, it's on, it's on the other side of the room. I'll, I'll put a picture up um, on uh, my Twitter feed and tell the story through there and all that stuff. This game matters. It matters uh, more than most. Beat the damn Cowboys. That's what I care about. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I want to say shout out to the Countdown crew. I love it. Uh, showed up strong on a Saturday morning. And we've even got some football. We've got two games today. Um, I, I love it. I love it. So we're going to be going over everything Dallas that is possible. Their offense, their defense. We're going to hear from Robert Sala. We're going to hear from Kyle Shanahan as well. We've got some bets of the week, the strengths and weaknesses and best matchups that can be exploited along with We have our predictions as well. Um, We have an early kickoff, so uh, here we are about 24 hours out. It's 11:25 a.m. Whenever I'm recording this, Uh, we've got an early game tomorrow, so a lot of fun stuff to get to. So let's dive in. Let's talk about the Cowboys. They are four and nine. They're not a good football team. In fact, they're a very bad football team. Their wins, their four wins, are against the Falcons. The Giants, the Vikings, and the Bengals. The Vikings being the only somewhat adequate team in that list. Losses, they've got a lot of them, nine. Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Cardinals. They have lost to every single team in the NFC West so far. Um, Hopefully, the 49ers can finish that off. Um, Washington twice, Eagles, Steelers, and Ravens. So if they play an adequate team, they almost always lose. That's who they are. Last week, they did beat the Bengals. Uh, Without Joe Burrow, one of the worst defenses outside of the 49ers. And I think that this is one of the key stats is, you know, diving into all this information about the Cowboys. They are only successful offensively when they are playing one of the bottom defenses in the NFL. Um, Falcons, Giants, Vikings, Bengals. Those are four of the bottom five defenses on almost every single metric in the NFL. Whenever they play good defenses, yeah, they kind of disappear. Now, last week, they did beat the Bengals handedly, 30-7. to They were plus three in the turnover margin. They haven't been positive in the turnover margin except for three out of their 13 games so far. So that's 10 games they were either tied or negative in the turnover margin. But the 49ers can't really say much in that category because the 49ers have been bad in that as well. Now, the injuries... Oh, boy, (laughs) this could be an hour-long podcast just talking about the injuries between these two teams. It's not even close whenever you look at teams across the NFL and who has been affected the most. It is the 49ers, number one, by a long shot, and I'm going to give you some stats to back that up. But the Cowboys are number two um, by a very wide margin, and then you've got to go down a ways after that. Um, There's a big discrepancy, so just to give you this. Just over the course of this year, the 49ers have had 45 players on injured reserve. 45! You're only supposed to have 53 on an active roster. <laughs> so literally everybody has been injured. 18 current players are on IR for the 49ers and 70 million 7 of our cap (laughs) money is on IR currently. Now, to put that into perspective, the Cowboys, again, the second most injured team in the NFL this year, they have 23. We had 45 total on IR. 12 current, we have 18, and 61.5 million, so closer um, dollar-wise than other numbers. But when Dak Prescott went down, this team changed. Their entire offensive line is out. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Lael Collins, they have been (laughs) injured big time. Again, not like the 49ers, but they're probably the closest team that can relate. That's all there is. Now, if we update the injuries for the 49ers currently, our freaking county's on a season-ending IR. We just got news just two days ago that Santa Clara County extended the no-contact sports all the way through the new year, So, which means... The 49ers will not be playing another game in Levi's Stadium this year. They will uh, end up the remainder of this 2020 season that just needs to be burnt all to hell uh, (laughs) in Arizona. So the Arizona 49ers uh, are traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. That's where we are currently. Now, good news. Some injuries have turned out rather favorably this week. Not all, but some. Here is Coach Kyle Shanahan giving us a very quick rundown of injuries, and we'll talk about their impl- implications here in a sec.
2: Grassu um, will be out. Mosley will be questionable. Uh, Debo will be out. Uh, Fred will be questionable, and K1 will be questionable. Go ahead.
1: All right. Thank you for giving us the go-ahead there, Kyle. Much appreciated, sir. Um, George Kittle is not playing this week. We've said all week we didn't think he would. There's a possibility he could play next week, but even then – 49ers lose this game, which is a possibility, unfortunately. They should win. They should win handedly. They are favored, but we've said that in the past as well. <laughs> um, but the 49ers should win this game. Kittle possibly could play next week. We'll have to wait and see. I do expect Jimmy Garoppolo to start practicing next week, but not to play. Um, I doubt we'll see either one of them this year, which really bothers me. I really do wish we could see Jimmy or uh, George Kittle, and I do wish we could see Jimmy G. I think he's probably more important. Because we're still evaluating this guy, which is kind of weird to say, but it's the reality of the NFL. Debo's done for the year. We're not going to see him. And one of the people he didn't mention is Colton McKivitz, our starting right guard rookie, who's coming off his best game as a pro so far in his rookie year. He is on the COVID list, he's out. So, who the hell (laughs) starts at right guard? Um, And Kyle Shanahan, I don't know why. People aren't stupid. But he really does want to fight for every single type of advantage that he can get. So in his mindset, if he doesn't tell the press who is starting at right guard, he thinks the other team doesn't know who is starting at right guard. And that's an advantage for him. Well, (laughs) let's allow him to use his words to beat around the bush and whatever else. Uh, When asked who's going to be starting at right guard, here was his response.
2: I'm not going to say exactly, but I'm sure you won't have a hard time figuring it out. You know, we we got five guys left who have played for us before. Um, So we plan on using those five. And, you know, we got two other guys who I think they were able to dress last week and we signed two new guys off practice squad. So um, we'll decide on which eight to get up. Um, You know, we got two new guys in this week from practice squad and it'll be more about just quizzing them and stuff um, all the way up till Saturday night to see which one we have as our eighth emergency guy.
1: It's not that hard to figure out. The five guys who have played on the offensive line this year that aren't on IR or inactive, just going from left to right, you have Trent Williams, you've got Lakin Tomlinson, you've got Daniel Brunskill, you've got Mike McGlinchey, that leaves one person, he played one snap last week, Justin School. Now, Justin School's been bad. In mop-up duty in 2020, he's been atrocious. Got absolutely destroyed, literally cost us the game by himself against the Packers. Uh, That was a winnable game, actually, just because of the matchups. But you go back, and man, probably one of the most telling performances all year was that Packers game, whenever you just saw the left tackle and how important it was. Uh, So many blown-up drives just by Justin School. Now, you're moving him to right guard. Justin School is an above-average run blocker. He's great. Not a liability whatsoever. So I don't hate this move. Where did Justin School lose? He lost on the edge all the time. This might be a permanent home. Really could be. Now, the 49ers want him at tackle. I get it. That's fine. But they move their line around all the time. And so I like Justin School at right guard. This is not a step back. This is not a loss. Going from Colton McKibbin to Justin School at right guard, it's not. It really isn't. Now, He was great last year in 2019. Amazing. Even better than Daniel Brunskill. But we'll have to see. It's a new position. Things could go bad. I expect some negative plays. He's playing a brand new position on the opposite side. It's harder to go from left side of the line to right side of the line than it is to go from tackle to guard. And what I mean by that is you have to change what your plant foot and all those things. If you're on the left, left tackle... Everything moves left to right. Whenever you switch on the opposite side of the center, it's all mirrored. That's a tougher task for an offensive lineman than it is going from tackle to guard. Um, So there's going to be some negative plays. There's no doubt about it. But we've known about this all week. He's gotten reps there all week. He got reps there in training camp as well. So um, again, you know, Kyle Shanahan was asked later on, can you go in just a little bit further, a little bit more detail on Justin School and what that looks like with him at right guard?
2: I mean, from what I remember, and we move our guys around a lot in training camp, some to get through practices and some just to plan for situations like this. So um, everywhere we move school, he's been able to figure it out and do a good job. Um, I know that's the spot he hasn't had a lot of time at, you know, probably just that week in training camp. But I'm getting him some reps there this week, um, you know, walkthrough. It was a walkthrough on Wednesday, full speed on Thursday, and we had more of a walkthrough today. But uh, the moment's not too big for him. He knows what to do and I um, feel fortunate to have a guy who will hop in anywhere we ask him to go.
1: There you go. And that's what it's gonna be. It looks like Bergstrom is gonna be our backup interior lineman. We don't have much. So if you see somebody go down anywhere across that offensive line, we are in trouble. We don't have a backup tackle. We don't have a backup guard. We don't have a backup center. It's they've got to play. That's all there is to it. We have guys you can put in there. There's no doubt about that. But as far as anybody that has taken any snap for the 49ers, it doesn't exist. Outside of these five guys. That's it. Um so it, it's it's not I Ideal, to say the least. Now, doubtful. We have no players that are doubtful. And I expect all of these players that are questionable to play, starting off with Fred Warner. He left last week with a stinger injury. He could have come back and played. They wanted to be cautious, thank God. Um, He will be out there. I expect him full snap load. Now, our slot nickel corner. This has been one of the big weaknesses of this 49ers team because number 27 has been out there. That's got to go. <laughs> you got to get them out, especially against the Cowboys, who have probably the best three wide receivers set in the NFL. Um, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But you're bringing in Emmanuel Mosley. He got a full practice in on Friday. I expect him to suit up. Kwan Williams, full practice on Friday. I expect him to suit up as well. I wouldn't even be surprised. I think 27 will be active because we've been using him on dime packages, which we might see some dime packages. This week on defense. I, I don't mind that. I think that's great. Uh, but we've got to get him out of the starting lineup. He can't play. He's a liability in the run game, liability in the pass game. Mosley and Kwan Williams would be huge upgrades. Obviously, if Kwan Williams is out there, he's starting. Manuel Mosley would be the backup for almost all three of the corner positions. Um, which, man, that's a lot of really good depth that we have not had in quite a while. I do expect both of them to play. Full goes. Daniel Broadskill. Previously mentioned, we weren't sure he was going to play this week. He's a full go. He has no injury designation, and that's huge because, again, as I said, we don't have any backups. (laughs) So any type of consistency whatsoever on that offensive line, it's going to be paramount tomorrow morning. DJ Jones, glad to have him back. You've got to get number 95 out of the starting lineup. That's going to be key. You got Zeke Elliott, who's been very, very bad this year, but still he's, he's a good running back. So anytime you can bolster that defensive line, especially in between those A and B gaps, that's gonna be huge. So excited to have DJ Jones back there. And Raheem Mostert. I know he's banged up every week. I know it's his ankle every week. But I think that this week has got Raheem Mostert all over it. You listen to the national media, whether it's you know NFL talk, whether it's fantasy talk, whether it's DFS talk, everybody's talking Jeff Wilson. And I understand it. I think Jeff Wilson's gonna have a good game. But I'm telling you right now, where I'm putting my money at, um, I'm putting it on Raheem Mostert. I think this game has his name all over it. I expect him to have the best game of his his year, of 2020, this week against the Cowboys. That's what I expect. Now, let's jump to the other side, the Cowboys. Who do they have out? Just one player. Cornerback Deontay Burton. A little bit of a role player, not much. They don't have anybody doubtful. Uh, questionable. Zeke is questionable. He did not practice all week, but he will be a go. Uh, They're just kind of resting him at this point. Rashard Robinson, do you guys remember the praying mantis, the 49ers legend? He did not practice all week. I don't think that he will be going. Um, He's going to be a true game time decision. I kind of wish he would play uh, just so he could go out there and get a pass interference penalty uh, just to bring back old just for old time's sake, Uh, right? That's kind of who he was. And their starting safety, Xavier Woods. He was limited Thursday and Friday. Never got a full practice in. He's got a groin injury that would be huge. Now I doubt we'll throw the ball deep at all with number four at quarterback, who he is starting. Kyle Shanahan said that earlier this week. But it's an interesting matchup to watch out to watch for. Their safety Xavier Woods, because their secondary is bad, bad, bad. And so whenever a skill position player, especially safety that changes direction a lot, has a groin issue, you got to watch for that. Now, the history of this matchup we've talked about, obviously, at the start. This game matters, and it's been really, really close. One game difference. Cowboys actually have the lead here. 18 wins for the Cowboys, 17 for the 49ers, and one tie. The Cowboys, however, have won five of the last six. I expect that to change this week. It's really, really difficult to pick... The 49ers to win against anybody when number four is under center. But you look at these teams and I go over the tape and I go over the scheme and I go over all these things. I can't find a place besides the quarterback position with Andy Dalton and wide receiver with Debo out that they have any advantage whatsoever. Literally none. Um, It's just those two things. They've got a better quarterback, not by much, and they've got better wide receivers. That's it. Now, their lines trash, and we'll go over all those things. And here is Coach Kyle Shanahan just talking about where the Cowboys are and what he sees in this team up to this point.
2: I think the Cowboys are figuring it out right now. You know, I think anytime you, you know, I mean, they, they had a, some some consistency on their offense over the last couple of years with the same coordinator, the quarterbacks, um, a lot of talent at wideout, running back, and O line. Um, went through a ton of injuries, uh, then lost their quarterback, which is a huge challenge for anybody. Um, and then you look at their defense. I mean, just um, changing personnel and stuff like that and going to a new scheme. And that's a challenge on everybody when you don't get an offseason. Um, but now watching them, you know, you hear early in the year with some numbers and stuff like that. But I'm watching them for the first time. And um, there's a reason they've been playing good football lately. Uh, I see a defense that's got a lot of talent. Um, I know that their offense and defense has been hurt probably as bad by injuries as anyone in the league, probably right after us, so I I know what that's like. Um, But I see guys playing hard, and um, I see a defense that's playing very good right now um, with some good players. And anytime you have an offense that is down to their second quarterback, which he's a very good one, and Andy, I mean, he's played a lot of very good ball in his career. Um, I know they only have one O-lineman left from their first game of the year, which, I mean, those are the challenges. Um, Those are some things that I can relate to a little bit. Um, but I think they're coming together and playing the best ball they've played right now um, throughout this year.
1: Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It's it, And, again, you you look at all of those things and what Kyle Shanahan's going to be seeing against their defense. Let's go over their strengths and weaknesses and some of the statistical analysis that we have. We're deep into the season. As we said, 13 games. There's only three left. You are who you are. So these numbers that we have, they paint a pretty damn good clear picture. Early on in the year, whenever you have a five- or six-game sample size, that's one thing. You could have some anomalies, whatever. The average after 13 games, it starts to stick. And what you see here is a very poor football team. The only top ranks that this team has, and I'm not even sure they're that good, uh, on defense, we're talking about the Cowboys' defense here, They're fifth in fumble recoveries. That's nine. That's that's good. Sixth in pass yards, and that's because nobody throws the ball against them. Everybody runs it. Eighth best. Again, that's it. Top three categories that they have in the top 16. Eighth best on fourth downs, and they allow a 44% conversion rate on fourth downs. Now, weaknesses. It's been a long time here. It's bad. They've got some historically bad defensive play going on. One, they have allowed the most 300-yard rushing games in a single season in NFL history already with three games left to go. They have allowed the most yards allowed before contact on a rush attempt, which means They're allowing ball carries to get further down the line before contact is initiated than all 32 teams in the NFL. 32nd, they've allowed the most points in the NFL. They've allowed the most rushing attempts in the NFL. They've allowed the most rushing yards in the NFL. They have allowed the most rush yards per attempt at 5.1 yards per carry in the entire NFL. All 32 teams, they're dead last in all those categories. If you're Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers or a 49ers fan such as myself, You're looking at this game, it seems to be a pretty damn clear, easy picture on how you come out with the W this week. You run the football. Now, Kyle Shanahan has not done that this year. What's crazy, if you look back last year, the 49ers had one of the most run-centric offenses in the entire NFL. That is not the case at all this year. The 49ers have averaged, if you break down all of their plays, 40% run plays 60% pass plays. The 49ers are merely average. We are 14th in the NFL in rush attempts. That is not going to cut it this week. We talk about it all the time. Run the football. (laughs) It's what you're good at. It's what Kyle Shanahan's good at. It's what your old line's good at. You've got a terrible quarterback. How do you protect that? Run the ball. Kyle Shanahan has gotten away from the run so often. Even in one-possession games against bad teams, he allows... Nick Mullins to throw the ball, 45 pass attempts. Can't do that this game. You can't do that this game. However, while the Cowboys' defense is very, very poor against the run, they're not that much better against the pass either. They are 29th in the NFL out of 32 teams with passing touchdowns. Already allowed 28 passing touchdowns. 29th fewest interceptions. Nick Mullins' ears perk up. Only five interceptions this entire year. We'll see if Nick Mullins can remedy that at all. 29th in third down percentage, 29th worst rated defense from pro football focus, 27th in rush touchdowns allowed. With 17. This defense can be beaten through the air or through the ground. But whenever you have number four at your quarterback, remove the idea of turnovers. Nick Mullins has had two or more turnovers um, in every game but one. He's got 12 turnovers in his last six starts. Gosh, please get the ball out of his hands. Get the ball out of his hands quick. The scheme that the Cowboys run, it's really interesting. It's a traditional 4-2-5 nickel defense, four defensive linemen, two linebackers, five um, defensive backs, and they stay in that. Even the game versus Baltimore two weeks ago, they didn't run really a true 4-3. Some of that has to do with the injuries at their linebacker position. Some of their stars are out for sure. But they like the 4-2 look. Um, I don't know why. It doesn't do them well. And they really don't have an identity. They don't rush. They're very vanilla. Listen to these blitz numbers their last three weeks. Last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, they blitzed. Anytime you bring five or more guys is considered a blitz. One time. Versus Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, they blitzed. One time. Versus Washington the week before that, three weeks ago, they blitzed eight times. Now, they are among the lowest in the NFL on blitz numbers and blitz percentages. But as we know, when... Teams play against the 49ers. They bring the house. Why? Because nobody respects our deep ball because we don't throw it. And two, we don't have the wide receivers to go get it. Uh, obviously, Brandon Ayuk, but probably our next deep-targeted wide receiver is our fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. Um, So... Can we expect to see one blitz versus the Cowboys? Hell no. I expect that number to be in the double digits as it is every single time somebody plays us. Now, there are tendencies that they like to do. They love playing man on the outside corners and bolstering the middle of the field. They don't do a traditional cover three like the 49ers do. Their best defense that they run is a true uh, cover one or man free, as it is called sometimes, where you have man coverage along the top and you have a single high safety, but he's not a middle third safety. He just ranges free. He's allowed, um, they use him to kind of go down if there's a wide receiver they want to take away, like Brandon Ayuk. He will favor that side almost always. Um, So it's a little bit different there. Now on third and long, they will rotate a safety back and do a too high look. I've seen them drop into some um, quarters coverage on third and long. Obvious passing situations. In some cover three role. Where it looks like quarters, but they'll favor the trip side. And leave the back third just kind of one-on-one with the man defender. Now, a couple other things. Players to watch out for. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Alden Smith. The story that this gentleman has had it's crazy starting out with the 49ers being here's what's crazy he was drafted with von miller he was better than von miller which is saying so much he had some of the best first three years in the nfl career we all know what happened completely derailed alcohol guns bad choices whatever i'm very very thankful And very, very proud whenever you see people rebound, fix their life, and get back on the right track. So happy to see him doing well. I hate that it's for the Cowboys. And probably the most talked about person that I get in next year's free agency. What will it take to bring back Alden Smith to the 49ers? One, I hate to say it. The Cowboys aren't going to let him go. And I don't think it'd be good for Alden to come back. Sometimes people are in a situation where you have to get a new environment to be successful. He's found that. I really hope that it continues to pan out. Now, he has slowed down dramatically. He was leading the NFL in sacks at one point. I think it was about a month into the season with four and a half sacks. He hasn't done much in a long time. He is currently leading his team in lots of categories. He has the most sacks with five, most quarterbacks hits with 11, but also he leads his team in missed tackles as well. DeMarcus Lawrence, tank on the other side. If you remember, signed one of the largest contracts at the time whenever he renewed his deal two years ago. He hasn't been really the same player since. A lot of players, when they get that big-time contract, they kind of put the brakes on a little bit. That's what he's been as well. Four and a half sacks, eight quarterback hits. Again, you look at both of these guys, you got somebody like Kerry Hyder who is outperforming both of them, and he's on a one-year, I think, $6 million deal. It's not always the best situation to pay lots of money. Again, look at D Ford. Uh, there's lots of different ways you can look at that. Now, players that you can exploit on this team—it's all open. There is nobody that you have to scheme against on the Cowboys' defense. It doesn't exist. Every member of their secondary that will be playing backup and/or starter—that nine people are included—this in have allowed combined <laughs> and individually a 124 NFL quarterback rating or better throughout this season. They haven't stopped anybody. They haven't done anything. The one player that they had that was doing anything positive was Trayvon Diggs, their second round draft pick out of Alabama, the cornerback. He's on IR. He had nine pass breakups, which is twice as much as any other player on their team, and two interceptions. Again, twice as much as anybody on their team. He is out as well. This defense is bad, guys. The 49ers choose to run the ball like they're supposed to, like their identity is built, like their offensive line was created to do. They should win this game handedly. It's not even close. Now let's go to the other side. The Dallas Cowboys offense, it's a ghost of itself. It's a shell of itself, and that's to put it kindly. They have some of the best skill position players in the NFL but they are a constant reminder. You don't build from the outside in. You build from the inside out. Here is Robert Sala, our defensive coordinator, on the Cowboys. And you'll hear him correct himself because he wants to give praise. And then he's got to kind of back it back.
2: It's such a great job investing in their offensive line. So um, I, I know they've had injuries in that, uh, uh, on their front. But they're still pretty darn good and pretty deep. So Uh, It is always going to be a challenge, especially in this league, Uh, especially when you get 21 rolling downhill. I mean, he's a big, big boy, and he's very, very hard to tackle. Um, So it is going to be a challenge, but I do feel really good about our interior guys with JK, um, getting Kevin Givens backstreet, hopefully DJ uh, finishes his week strong and and is able to roll, and even our edge setters outside with uh, Eric and all that stuff. So... I uh, feel good about our D-line and feel good about the, uh, lineback- at the linebacker level and safety. So it's going to be a challenge, but, uh, but I feel good about where we're at.
1: I think you have to. Uh, you look at what they do, and let's go through the categories just like we did the defense. The Dallas Cowboys offense, their strengths. They're number one in the NFL in pass attempts. That's not a stat to be proud of. That's not a good thing. You want to run the ball. It'd be different if they were dynamic, but they're not. They are fifth best in the NFL in first downs, and a lot of that goes back to Dak Prescott, which he got injured in week six. The Dallas Cowboys were ahead of the Seattle Seahawks in offense, points, all of those things, total yards. You remember the freaking tear that the Seahawks went on to start the year? The Cowboys were past that. They were doing better than that. But when Dak went down and then the offensive line, everything changed. They are ninth in the NFL in passing yards. That's it. That's above average. Weaknesses. Oh boy. These first two categories are the most imperative in the NFL and win percentage. They are 31st or second to last in fumbles lost with 13. They are third worst. 30th overall in total turnovers with 24. All you need to hear right there. The rest of it is just dressing on a terrible team. They turn the ball over like crazy. 27th run-blocking team from Pro Football Focus. 22nd points scored. 22nd yards per pass. Only six yards per pass. That's very, very poor. Uh, Anything under seven is just, uh, here's the word, abysmal. 22nd in rush touchdowns, which is crazy whenever you hear that. Zeke Elliott, one of the highest-paid running backs in the NFL, is back there. But guess what? Zeke has not scored. I'm sorry. Zeke has scored one touchdown. One. Since Dak Prescott was injured, and he was injured in week six, Zeke has completely disappeared. You know what else is crazy? Zeke has more fumbles this year than he does touchdowns and is under four yards per carry on the year, which a Kyle Shanahan, undrafted free agent running back, can do in his sleep. Zeke has six fumbles by himself and only five total touchdowns. Again, four of those coming um, in the first six weeks. 22nd best in the NFL in uh, fourth down percentage, only 53%. In and 21st and third down percentage, they do not keep drives going. They throw it too often. They're not good when they run it. This is a bad offense. The scheme, they don't know who they are. They're a great grab bag. They had an idea of what they wanted to be, and it worked through the first five weeks. A very power-driven running game with incredible wide receivers. But when Dak went down, that went out the window. Teams started loading the box, which I doubt the 49ers do because we never do that, unfortunately. Um, forced them to throw the ball with bad quarterback play, and it usually goes bad. Injuries completely ruined what they wanted to do, and now they change it up each week. Like, let's see what's going to work. Listen to these tendencies. They were one of the most pass-heavy teams in the NFL throwing the ball deep before Dak went out. Last week versus the Bengals, three deep passes. That's 49ers bet. The week before that against the Ravens, 10. That's a lot. Week before that, Washington, two deep passes. They are not consistent. They try to take advantage of certain matchups, and they're very bad at it. But the things that you have to watch out for, their wide receiver core, it's insanity. Amari Cooper, he's the number one wide receiver. We get it. C.D. Lamb, a lot of 49ers players, uh, fans wanted him. I'm so glad we got Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is better than him. Um at least so far this season, even when Dak was in um, in there, Ayuk's numbers still would have surpassed him. Uh, CD Lamb's great. I'm not trying to knock him at all, but Brandon Ayuk has performed better. And Michael Gallup, who I think is the best number three wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe you could talk Tampa Bay with Antonio Brown, but that's a whole nother thing. I think Michael Gallup's great. Um, I, he's incredible. He leads the team in yards per reception with 14.1, which he's a big play guy, which goes back to, the 49ers slot corners are huge this week. Huge. If you don't have Kwan Williams or Emmanuel Mosley, uh, secondary is going to be in a little bit of trouble. But if you get one or both those guys back, I like our matchup. Even though they're an elite wide receiver trio, their quarterback's not going to be able to do what he wants to do with our defense. They're going to have a hard time. Andy Dalton's a good guy. I, th- I think he's an adequate starter. He's way better than Nick Mullins is. And it's not even close. But... Andy Dalton has not thrown for over 300 yards in his six starts this year, even with this trio of wide receivers. His only wins were against the two worst defenses, not named the Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati and Minnesota. You don't have to pressure Dalton either. This again falls into the idea of the 49ers. We don't have the great pass rushing force that we used to. Bosa's gone, DeFord's gone, whatever. Buckner's gone. Fine. Of the six interceptions that Andy Dalton has thrown this year, Five of them, five out of six, came with no pressure whatsoever. He gets happy feet and tries to force things. Let him do it. Our defense can pounce on this. I really love this matchup across the board. Now we look at Vegas lines. Vegas loves the 49ers. The money loves the 49ers. We were favored against the Bills. We were favored against Washington. Now we're favored against the Cowboys, and it's all about the same. Three points. I am not touching this team with money as long as number four is under center. I'm not doing it. The over-under set at 45. But before we get to our bet of the week, I'd like to hear a quick word from our sponsor. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That can't end. 2020 has been awful. And let's be honest, we all deserve a win. And we all deserve to have a little fun. So head over to the one place that guarantees that. And that's my bookie. There's only one sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They've got gifts for everyone. Bet NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports, and more. And here's the thing sign up today. Receive the Ultimate Stocking Stuffer, a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. 50% up to $1,000. That's incredible. That's a great place to start. But we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And in my bookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. They got them going all year round. It's simple. Head over to mybookie.ag. Enter in the promo code 49ers49ers 49ERS, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Head over there and let's get going. Let's get some winning going this winter. Bet with the best. Bet with mybookie. All right, I got a couple bets for you this week. One, I've got a Saturday bet. We've got two NFL games today. I am taking the Bills, who are minus six versus the Broncos. I'm giving those points. I'm fine. I think the Bills will cover that spread. They have a lot to play for, and they're playing against a very inferior team. I'm betting 10 to win 19 on that. I'm taking the Bills minus six over the Broncos. My two-team teaser for Sunday's action. Um, This is a plus six and a half point teaser. Both of these have to happen when I'm taking the Ravens who will be minus six and a half versus the Jags. That would be 13 and a half if you don't take the points, but I'm getting Ravens minus six versus the Jags. I, I think the Ravens are about to turn a corner and the Eagles plus 12 and a half. I want those points. I believe in Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz. Man, those turnovers are awful, and that's why the Eagles kept losing. You switch that around. The Eagles beat a great Saints team, and I think that they could beat the Cards outright. You mean to tell me you're giving me 12.5 points versus a Cards team that is struggling? I love it. Bet 10 to win 18 there. Those are my two bets of the week. Now, Some of you guys might say, oh, what are my 49ers bets? I'm not touching them. (laughs) I'm not touching them until number four is not there because he just ruins drives and I mean, the guy has given more points to the opposing team than he has caused for himself. It's just too much of a wild card. Now, I do love Raheem Mostert and Brandon Ayuk in this matchup. Jeff Wilson I like as well. So for you fantasy people, if you made it there, those are must-starts. If you have those guys, those are starts. I think Jeff Wilson's a flex play. I think Mostert will be in running back one, and I think Brandon Ayuk will be a top-tier wide receiver two. Um, so take that for what you will. Let's go to our predictions and keys to the game, baby. The Cowboys have won the turnover margin three times this year out of 13 games. Here's what's crazy. Even in those three games where they won the turnover margin, they're only one and two. They only won one of those games. That's how bad of a team this is. They can win the turnover margin and still lose. Look at the 49ers. The 49ers have won the turnover margin in five games. They are four and one in those five games. Turnovers will determine this game. Running the ball protecting the ball sad thing is i don't think either team can protect the ball i think we're gonna have four plus turnovers in this game between the 49ers and the cowboys it's gonna be messy anytime number four is back there i know i said that a lot he's not a good quarterback <laughs> um it's going to happen the 49ers run the ball though it takes away all of that i'm so tired of saying it again going back to this idea the 49ers have thrown the ball 60 percent of the plays In 2020, with Nick Mullins as your quarterback, yeah, (laughs) that should be fixed. Run early, run often, alternate series with Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, pound the freaking ball, field goals are your friends, punts are your friends. Punts aren't a bad play. So if the 49ers go three and out, it's not good, but it doesn't hurt us. All we need is for the 49ers offense not to give points away on a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown. That's what we That's what we have to get out of. That is what is important. I have Mostert going crazy with 14 touches for 90-plus yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to have a big play at some point, a 30-plus-yard touchdown run, a big, big play there. Ayuk continues to be great. Somebody's got to catch the ball. There's not good secondary play against him. He is averaged. Listen to this. Brandon Ayuk, over the last five games, has averaged seven catches 99 yards and .6 touchdowns over those five games. And I had somebody respond to me, oh, well, those are just cherry-picking stats because of the garbage time that he's had. Well, get this, in those five games, he had five receptions in all of those fourth quarters combined. Brandon IU comes out firing hot. He's part of the game plan. Expect to see him a lot in the first half. I have him getting eight-plus catches for 70 yards and one touchdown. Defensively, they are going to feast on this Cowboys everything, especially since they're getting a the nickel back, back. I think I said that correctly. Look for Warner, Fred Warner, to dominate Zeke. The praise has continued to pour out of the NFL about how great Fred Warner is. He got messed up with that um, stinger last week, which could have cost him. If he missed time, could have cost him an all-pro season. He's got to put the finishing stamp on this year to be an All-Pro, first-team All-Pro. He deserves it. Um, it's there. He's got some contention. There's some other really good linebackers out there that are on better teams playing for the playoffs. He can cement that. You shut down Zeke, make a couple splash plays, he's got to be first-team All-Pro. I think the 49ers win a very ugly game. I really do think they are going to win this. Not enough to put my money on it, or yours for that matter. Again, four-plus turnovers. But dominant running game and dominant defense. They're going to have some explosive plays because of Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. They're going to happen. But the 49ers win this game 24-20 to in an ugly one. And, man, 10-year-old, fat John Chapman wearing his Jerry Rice jersey smiles bigger than anything and what is a perfect holiday gift to the start of a Christmas week. I'm excited for this game. We'll be live right after the game ends tomorrow, even though there's other football games going on. So make sure you hit that notification bell as always. Join us after the game. It's going to be fun, and hopefully we get to celebrate winning in Dallas. What's better than that? Appreciate you guys, and as always, stay strong faithful.